This is the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists in Cedar Falls, Iowa, and I'm your host, Kat Bean Hansen. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Today's message comes from Sunday, December 4th, 2022. Various members and friends of our congregation reflect on the Unitarian Universalist principles in a collaborative message aptly titled, Our Seven Principles. We all support each other on our very spiritual, philosophical, or searches for meaning or purpose. Part of that support is hearing each other and listening. Part of clarifying our thoughts, moving forward, or enjoying our journey is speaking and expressing ourselves to others who support us. With the variety of beliefs, experience, temperament, interests, and circumstances we have, today we're going to have a little taste of that, a little banquet of variety of sharing from seven people, brief reflections of the seven principles. I know what most of them are going to say, and... I was particularly delighted by the variety of expression and the way they approach this. And so I invite you to listen to them and open your hearts. And as you hear their reflections, think of your own. Um, and they're going to be talking in order. We're not going to be reading the principles. This is just the reflections. If you want, you can think, ah, which one are we on now? But just listen to them. And uh, Stacy, would you like to start us? Good morning. Uh, Mine is the first principle, obviously. When I read these words, I think of many things. Worth. And I will admit this one is a tough one for me. I struggle to grasp what kind of worth I can find in a person that has done personal harm to others. Mass shooters, people in history that brought on war, and especially challenging to me, are people who use religion and politics as weapons to exclude or hurt others. If you have any strategies you could share with me, I would appreciate your input. Dignity. When I think of the word dignity, I think of my friends I have made through the Memory Cafe. This is a group of people living with dementia and their caregivers. I volunteer with this group when they meet once a month at Hartman Reserve. Those that attend are treated with respect for their dignity that they deserve. Those living with dementia are encouraged to be involved in the activities provided. They are given a listening ear, and I've learned to step into their world and find out what they may be trying to communicate. People with li- living with dementia have a lot to offer if you just take the time to understand them. The caregivers work so hard to protect the dignity of their loved one. The caregiver is a master 
at making things look normal to the outside world. And my time there also does wonders for my own sense of self-worth. And I think sometimes we all need to remind ourselves of our own inherent worth and treat ourselves with dignity. Be kind to yourselves. Justice, equity, and compassion in human relations. This principle points us towards something beyond the inherent worth and dignity of all. It reminds us that treating people as human beings is not simply simply something we do one-on-one, but something that can be part of our culture. That culture was what I felt at Bremwood in Waverly. For those of you who don't know, Bremwood is a school for level three behaviorally disabled students. This means each student there is weighted and is thought to be the same as three normal kids in terms of the demands in the classroom. I was asked to implement an art program, which they'd never had before. At that time, we used the Boys Town method of behavior modification, which was a model for how to work with the kids in a non-threatening way. Even though I used this in times of trouble, it was treating the students as real people, as human beings, using the components of equity and compassion in human relations that was the core of what I did. For the staff who did this, it was a rewarding experience with many successes. This created an atmosphere of trust, so the students knew they were safe with us. There are as many, there are many stories I could share about individual people there, but my time is limited. Know that I value the memories of my work at Bremwood and hope I influence the kids in a positive way. The desire to be a part of a congregation is innate in society. We all want to belong. That desire and willingness to accept one another without fear, without hostility, the UU recognizing the inherent value and worth of every person drew me to this congregation. To be seen, to be valued solely for being me. Not how I look, not my social status, solely for being me. This encourages me to become a better person. By being here, the congregation lifts me, empowering me to reach out, to lift those around me. Every human is valued for their potential to make a positive impact. Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan Hansen. Um, I'm doing the fourth principle, uh, a free and responsible search for truth and meaning. I like this principle because it allows us to explore our own self and others. It allows us to grow not only our factual knowledge, for example, mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell, (laughs) and our moral knowledge. For example, it's a good thing that mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. (laughs) It may also help us to understand 
what other possible truths that others see. For example, while I am an atheist, I understand that my belief, which is the most rational to me, is not shared by others. We may disagree on how much some facts weigh in the argument for a divine being, but we can be respectful of the spiritual needs of each other and open about what we don't know. I think these days, responsibility is very important. I have found in my life that the hardest truth to hear was the truth that threatened my perceived notions. In a strange twist of fate, it is the most helpful truths that scare us all the most. It is our responsibility not to spread information that we haven't fact-checked, even if it is scary or hard to do so. It is also important to realize that not everyone has the strength to fact-check all of their information. Fear of the truth has been some of the most terrifying moments of my life. The fear is very real, and not everyone has the strength to face it all the time. That being said, in order to remain at peace with our fellow congregation, it is important to realize that others might no longer be a willing participant in the discussion when communicating your truths. For example, few would enjoy or appreciate me if I went around talking about teapots floating in the asteroid belts all day, no matter how good my intentions may be. <laughs> I think it is important to remember that we are all on our own journey through life, and we are all at different places in that journey. I remember what it was like to be so sure of my own thoughts when I hear someone younger than me share their ideas with confidence. I'm happy for them. They may not end where they are now, but they are committed to the responsible search for truth and meaning. I plan to be with all of you in the sanctuary this morning, but I've been dealing with a, a cold and flu bug this week and decided that would be a good thing to not share with mm -hmm. everybody. The fifth principle the right of conscience and use of the democratic process. Now, when I think about conscience, I think of it as a very personal, individual thing, um, a sense of right or wrong. I know for me, it's that pit in my stomach that tells me when something is a little off. Uh, but I have to confess, I I'm often feel separated. Um, or isolated from my conscience due to the busyness of the day or TV or radio. There's a lot of distractions out there. But I know that if I just make time to stop and listen, it's there for me. But listening to our conscience and acting on our conscience, two different things. And when I think about acts of conscience, I think about a member of our congregation who had to deal with a variety of ethical and career implications before deciding to not cross the picket line during the recent John Deere strike. And I think uh, back to Juanita and I, when we decided to uh, be arrested, uh, when we tried to stop the testing of the MX nuclear missile at an Air Force base in California some years ago. Some acts of conscience are big and bold, even life-changing, but small acts of conscience are just as important. Simply initiating a difficult conversation with a friend or even a member of the congregation can be a courageous act of conscience. And, and sometimes it's hard to know where our conscience is pulling us. Um, think about if you had a friend or family member who committed a, a, a serious, terrible crime, but you knew that if you went to the authorities, 
you would be putting your life and the life of your little children in danger. Suddenly, which way to go in your conscience isn't so simple. But what I get most excited about is when we move from individual conscience to group conscience, the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement, the movement for reproductive rights, for LGBTQ plus rights. This is movement from individual conscience to this amazingly powerful human force that's hard to stop. And it impacts public policy. And then we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of the second part of the fifth principle, which is the democratic process. So either with our own individual votes or actions, or in combination with a larger community, conscience and the democratic process are linked. Our sixth principle reads, the goal of world community with peace, liberty, and justice for all. How intertwined those three lofty aspirations are. Can we have one of them without the others? And how intriguing that two of our faith's current seven principles specifically include justice. I want to share with you that what resonates in my heart at the core of our sixth principle is justice for all. Without justice, how can there be peace and liberty? Being raised in the Jewish tradition, my first literal introduction to justice was learning the phrase from Exodus, justice, justice, thou shalt pursue. Tzedek, tzedek, teardoff. That statement was so powerful to me at age 13 that I have never forgotten it. We may debate, yes, even quarrel about the definition of justice, but like so many other aspects in life, we know it when we meet it. Throughout my long years, when I stumble into a situation where from my core I'm shouting, that's not fair, I know I'm wrestling with justice. And since our sixth principle also refers to the world community, I think most immediately about the war in Ukraine, how Ukrainians are desperately fighting for their peace, liberty, and justice. As we sit here in relative comfort, what are we Unitarian Universalists doing to provide peace, liberty, and justice to that country? Perhaps the sixth principle is too lofty. The seventh principle, the interdependent web of all life of which we are a part. Raised between old mountains and a wide river, I stream waded, woods walked, leaf gathered, lake rode, fish fed, river watched from wave-lapped forest boulder. Married a man who carried babies to trees. Heard native people call other beings all 
our relatives found it true watching young bees find ancient known nectar in native pollinator garden. We think we tend the garden. I say, the garden tends us. Plant natives hang up clothes to dry. So we may not, as a CBU, you have a story like the, the story binding us together, like leaving slavery in, in Egypt or Santa or Jesus. But we have all our several stories together. So thank you for sharing those. This has been the Sunday Messages podcast from Cedar Valley Unitarian Universalists. The music is by Nathan Moore. If you want to learn more about the CVUU, visit our website at www.cedarvalleyuu.org. And you can also find us on Facebook or Instagram at Cedar Valley UU. We welcome visitors from anywhere to virtually attend our services on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central Time. If you'd like to learn more about joining us for a service, send us an email at cvuupodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.